check before I start recording recording because last night I recorded and lost everything that I recorded. I actually recorded twice and I tried to, I'm now trying to use GarageBand because I was using Anchor to record and now I kind of like when I well, I thought I liked when I recorded and I could hear myself, like, the playback, like, to monitor. Um, but once I can hear that, like, it sounds good, like, I hear, I feel like this sounds way better than the last episode already. Because um, my microphone's actually working. But once I, like, see that it's working, then I, like, don't want to hear myself. So, anyways, that's why I was using GarageBand. And last night I had it only recording for eight beats, which I didn't even realize. So when I stopped recording, um... Well, it only caught eight beats of anything that I was saying, which was literally, like, ten fucking seconds, and I didn't notice, so there was that. Um, so here I am now, and I can clearly see that it's still recording, so we're just going to hope for the best. So hey, welcome back to Sincerely Your Mental Health. This is your host, Savannah. Let's fucking do this thing. <sighs> I need to take a breath, because that was just too much. <sighs> I feel better now. This has just been, like, I was really stressed out because I, you know, like, posted on my story yesterday that I was going to record last night, and I did. I made tea, I laid in bed, I was ready to go, um, and it just didn't happen. And you know what I tell myself when that happens? Like, literally it happened, and I started laughing, and I was just like, all right. And you know what? In the moment, I kind of felt a little bit flustered. Like, my thoughts weren't really in order, so I told myself, you know what, Savannah, maybe this episode just, it wouldn't have been it. So you can start on a clean slate, record tomorrow with more concise and clear thoughts, I guess. So it's just a blessing. I look at everything as a, as a, it happened for a reason. So I wasn't too pissed about it, but here I am now, ready to record. I feel a lot better. I feel a lot more calm. Um, Yeah, I do want to answer some of the questions that you guys um, sent to me, but first I just want to check in, and I just want to say that I hope everyone is doing okay, I hope everyone is, like, mentally okay, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think sometimes I'm recognizing this a lot myself, is no one, we know more about others than we know about ourselves, so sometimes we just need to stop, and as many times as we ask other people and check in on other people and ask them how they're doing, literally just, like, (sighs) take a moment to breathe, Hold yourself, put your hand over your heart, lay down, hug yourself, and ask yourself, like, how are you doing? Because I don't do that a lot. lot. I don't do it enough. And when I do, nine times out of ten, I'm like, oh, you're not okay. Like, you're, sometimes you're good, but then sometimes I'm like, okay, you have a lot of things on your mind. You're really kind of stressed out. And I feel like that's one of those days I'm having right now where I just had a moment, and I was like, how are you doing, Savannah? And I was like, okay not the best could be better I have a lot of things in my mind I'm not processing I have to release them how am I going to do that um and I feel like my podcast is a huge way of doing that actually while I'm saying this I'm going to answer one of the questions that I got because I really liked it um and it's what do you do on the days you're mentally struggling besides the gym um and even though the gym is a huge outlet for me the days that I'm really mentally struggling struggling I find that it is definitely the days that I sit down and record um I still I do go to therapy once a week and I love therapy. I love my therapist. I love that I can sit down and speak and have someone speak back to me and we can work through things together and I can release certain things. But when it comes to my own podcast and I sit down, I'm really processing all these thoughts that I have 
by myself. Like no one's talking back to me. And I feel like a lot of times I sit down and I talk about things that I'm struggling with at that moment. And being able to talk myself through it on a podcast and just hear myself say things um, that I don't get throughout the day because it's literally that. Like those moments where I, I'm struggling with things mentally, but I don't stop and ask myself how I'm doing and I don't let them out. Um, it just stays bottled up. But if I sit down and I record a podcast, it's literally my outlet. It's when I actually like how can I put this for a lot of people they a lot of people like to journal for me journaling is never really stuck it wasn't something I was consistent with I think it's a really really great outlet I think it's really good to do shadow work um, just writing down your emotions in general and I feel like journaling is good for a lot of people for me personally I feel like my podcast is my journal it's my outlet to just be in the most comfortable place to me which is literally I'm laying in my closet right now with pillows and blankets and my dog (laughs) and it's comfortable and I feel safe here and I feel like I can just talk and I can express myself so the days that I'm mentally struggling I really like to record because I feel like it's that time that I get with myself to talk and really hear myself talk out loud and process the things that I've been going through rather than holding them in Um, but also just being patient with myself on days that I'm like mentally struggling for real I like to just take it easy on myself and do the things that I love show myself self-love show myself that self-care and whatever that looks like very different for everybody so for me personally I like to eat and I clearly have a boba addiction now so like I'll do those things I'll go get bubble tea or I'll go sit down at one of my favorite restaurants or I'll just you know a lot of times I do I really do go to the gym I go to the gym every day but even if it's a day where it's like I you know you go you step into the gym and it's great because it's your outlet for a lot of people for me but sometimes I leave the gym once it's that time to like check out of the gym, I kind of just go back to reality and I'm like, fuck, like I still have to face these things that I'm feeling. So if I, you know, I don't feel better after the gym, I just try and love on myself the best as I possibly can. And like I said, that looks different to everyone. So um, I do try and distance myself a little bit from the people around me as well because I don't ever want to project my emotions onto anyone. So I really just try and like spend a lot of time by myself um, and process what I'm feeling. I feel like it's really important and something I'm learning now is to not attach a narrative to everything that you're feeling. So whether I'm feeling, I wake up one day and, and, I, and I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling scared or I'm feeling, you know, worried, I do my best to sit in that feeling and let it pass. Um, feelings are just for the moment. They're not meant to be sat in and to make a whole narrative out of them or oh, I'm worried I'm anxious it's this is going to affect me in this way and I'm scared of this and then it, you know it consumes your whole day so I'm really practicing just focusing on that um, whatever I'm feeling sitting in it and allowing it to to feel it and allowing it to pass and not attaching such a huge narrative to it and making everything such a catastrophe and making it bigger than it needs to be which I used to do a lot of so that's kind of what I do in my mentally hard days um but really gym is number one like kind of like this morning like I woke up and I I have to go to work later so I'm like I wanted to get up early to get my workout in because I knew I wanted to record but I won't lie I've been having you know kind of hard days recently especially this week and I'm definitely PMSing I will say but I had therapy this week and usually after I have therapy a few days to follow I feel I mean the day after I feel kind of drained after depending on the session how much I kind of like release or worked through um but then like the following days up after like I still have like a, a like this weird eerie feeling I mean I do now because I feel like I'm focusing on a lot of things that we talked about or a lot of things that I didn't get to talk about you know what I'm saying it's like it's weird but um yeah I've been mentally having some of those days for sure this week it's has not been easy for me so I just have just been trying to show myself as much love as possible because if you don't do it for yourself who's gonna do it for you you know what I'm saying 
Um, yeah, thank you for that question. One of the other questions I really wanted to answer that I got asked, and I just have to point out, I think it was like maybe like my first or second episode, I just remember um, I had put out there for people to ask me questions, and this person always asked me really good questions, and I think one of my episodes was just based off one of the questions that, that they asked me. So thank you for that, because that was fun to answer. So the question is, top three things on your bucket list, and have they changed as you've grown? I want to say to have they changed as I've grown, yes and no. Um, my bucket list has always revolved around traveling. And if anything has changed as I've gotten older, maybe it's just the destinations, but probably not. So one of my main bucket list goals was to go skydiving, and I did that. But heights is like my biggest, heights in the ocean are very much my biggest fear. So those are two things that I, I really would like to accomplish. So I would really like to go sky, I, just, I accomplished that here in Texas, but I would love to go skydiving again in Dubai. That's definitely on my bucket list. Um, when I get to do it again, I don't wanna say if, when I get to do it again, it's gonna be in Dubai. Um, another bucket list goal I have is to travel from, I would love to start in Connecticut and travel across the United States and stop at as many national parks as possible. Um, I really wanna go to Sedona the White Sands, and I really want to go, um, there's a lot of places I want to go in California. I've only been to California once, so I really want to go um, to like the Redwood Forest. I believe that's what it's called. If I'm wrong, I'm so sorry. Um, and, you know, I want to go to Yellowstone Park. I want to go to the Grand Canyon. I know that these aren't all in California. I'm just naming places. So there's just a lot of national parks that I want to go to and experience, but I really want to do a road trip. Um, so that's definitely a bucket list goal. And then another bucket list goal I have is to go to Greece, which is definitely very attainable. I would love to go for my 25th birthday, but you know, we'll see where the winds blow us. But a lot of my stuff is to travel. Another bucket list goal that I really want to talk about too as well, because I, I see a lot of these videos and they just make my heart so fucking happy. But I really would love to go to a third world country and be able to provide sustainable living for a family that doesn't have that. And I would love to go in more detail about that, but it makes me super emotional. Um, all I have to say about that is I, I know it's not you know, ideal to compare yourself to other people's situations. And I know that a lot of people have it bad in their own ways, but there's so many people out there who really have nothing and they're so incredibly grateful for what they do have. Um, and to be able to be put myself in a position where I can go somewhere and help someone just have a roof over their head when they just are so grateful for literally having nothing and um, just providing someone a place to live and the things that sometimes we take for granted that's a really big goal of mine, so I would love to do that. I mean, so much more in a third, like so much more I would love to do, but that's just like one of my main goals. And I see videos of people, this guy who does it on TikTok and it just literally every time makes me so incredibly emotional. Just the whole, all of it in general, but even just hearing, I mean, even when kid, the kids talk and they're just, there's certain kids who literally take care of their parents and they have nothing and they live in these huts and they barely have clean water. It's just like, I wanna just go there and do everything that I possibly can. It's my dream. I, I, I will do it, and I can't wait. Um, what motivates you? What motivates me? So what I just talked about, that's motivation to me. Um, all the dreams and desires and goals that I have for myself and the life that I, I see myself living and I've always imagined myself living. Um, there were certain moments in my life where I definitely would, I gave up on myself. I wasn't confident in myself, and I, I lost that vision. So now that I have it so clear and... I'm my biggest fan now, and I have the confidence that I do, and I have the courage that I do to do a lot of things, and I'm, um, I owe it to myself for sure. That's what motivates me, is the goals that I have, um, 
the aspirations that I have and definitely my family because um, as much as I want to do for people around me, my family has helped me through everything. So I just want to be able to do for them what they've done for me um, and just be able to provide for them in a way that I have always dreamed of. So that's what motivates me and what keeps me going. It's just my desire and my will to be the best at everything that I do and to live a very, very happy life, uh, which is not defined by money or success, just finding happiness. Like, that's what motivates me, being able to provide for my family and having a family. Yeah. Hmm. I hope all that made sense because I feel like I'm talking fast. So I have to take a deep breath. Hmm, you guys ask me such good questions, and sometimes I feel bad because I don't get to everyone's, but some people just ask me really deep stuff, and I'm just like, not, and I love it, but like, I feel like I need a whole episode for it, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm trying to just get through like quick questions now that I can answer, because a lot of times you guys do send messages on Instagram, and I'm so sorry, but like, I'm really bad at it. I'm really bad at it. I get very flustered, um, and every message just looks like one to me, so it gets hard, and this is really a lot easier for me, so please bear with me. <laughs> Um, do you take creatine before or after your workout? I do take creatine, um, even on my rest days. I'm super active, so I take five grams a day, which is one scoop. If you're just starting out taking creatine, I don't suggest that. Um, definitely start small at a lower dosage, dosage, <laughs> maybe like two to three grams, and drink lots of water. I always drink mine with 16 ounces of water, and I drink it before with my pre-workout. I am cutting out pre-workout, so I do take my creatine, but I am taking a break from creatine right now, but... Uh, usually I would take it before, but I think I'm going to start mixing it in after, which is also good. You can put it in a big protein shake or just mix it with water. Um, it's really good to drink, like, um, and then, like, eat some carbs or carbs before because it helps soak it up. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Creatine is fire. Creatine really helped me. Like, creatine um, definitely gives you that extra push, um, but it's definitely, like, any other supplement, not something that you should rely on. Um, and just be smart with it, be careful with it, and just do a lot, as much research as possible. Um, but definitely drink a lot of water, for sure. Doo-doo. I love creatine. I'm a creatine stan. Is there any special meaning behind each tattoo? 96% of them, yes. <laughs> I wish I could run through every tattoo. Maybe I'll do a podcast on that, or if you, know, you have a specific tattoo you're curious about. But um, yes, all my tattoos have a very specific meaning. And a lot of them, I mean, all of them are very special to me. Um, I really love that my mom allowed me to, I mean, I had to wait till I was 18, but never put any, like, I mean, I was never, like, judged for anything I wanted to get. I had hand tattoos by the time I was 19, and I wasn't ever in trouble for that, <laughs> I guess I can say. So it's really just a way for me to express myself and everything that I've got. My mom always told me I don't care you know, what you get, just get it at a good place. And I've always done that. Well, 99% of the time <laughs> I've done that. But yeah, my tattoos all have meaning. I would say, I'll tell you what my favorite tattoo is. Um, my favorite tattoo is probably the one I have along my leg. And um, it says, in, a, in what seems to be a series of unfortunate events may in fact be the first steps towards an adventure. And that is from a series of unfortunate events. Let me snick it. And I'm just obsessed with series of unfortunate events just in general. I get actually emotional when I think about it. It's the first series that I read, like, as a kid. And my dad actually read it to me. Um, and I just, I just really love what that quote stands for. And I got it at a time where I, was, I flew home. I was really, really, like, not doing well. And actually, I'm, I'm a liar. I lived at home. It was right before I moved to Texas. 
Um, and I remember that it was just a really hard decision for me to make. I'm getting emotional because this is something I don't really talk about. But yeah, I got that tattoo at a time where it was like I, I was taking a step and doing something that was really, really scary. And I just remember, I mean, that was a lot of times when I would get my tattoos. And I think that's what's really symbolic about a lot of my tattoos is a lot of times when I wanted to resort to a different kind of pain, I would literally run and go get a tattoo. I always tell people 90% of my tattoos were walk-ins because it, they just all resemble a certain point in my life where I was really going through something. And instead of resorting to something else, um, that's kind of what I ran to. Um, so tattoos kind of became that for me. And it's, I mean, to me, it's so much better than what, else, what the other things I was doing. So I remember getting this tattoo right before I left. So yeah, and what seems to be a series of unfortunate events may in fact lead to the first steps of an adventure. Word for word, I don't know if that's correct. It's pretty close. Um, I always forget, but yeah, that one's my favorite. And then my hand tattoo, people ask me about all the time. Um, not my butterfly, people do ask me about that. I love my butterfly, but um, on my right hand I have, in the will of God will never lead me where the grace of God cannot protect me. And people always ask me about that one and where I got it from and if it's a Bible verse. And it's not a Bible verse, um, but I can't even tell you where I got it from. I don't remember, but I remember seeing it and I remember saying that's, like it just really stood out to me and it made me emotional, everything makes me emotional. <laughs> but it, I just remember it really sticking out to me and um, yeah, it's one of my favorite tattoos. And I know it off the, like the back of my hand because it's literally on the back of my hand. People ask me all the time what it says and I love telling them. So those are my top two. I'll give you my top three because I love talking about my tattoos, but last one is on my back and it was my first tattoo I ever got in Texas. Um, and I have my siblings' names in red ink. I went to Eternal Courage on St. Mary's, and I have to talk about St. Mary's and maybe another podcast, but for everyone who is from here that knows St. Mary's, a lot of my firsts happened there, and now it's just crazy because I work on St. Mary's, um, and it's one of the places that, I mean, it's probably one of the only places that I go out if I do go out, but I love the environment in St. Mary's. Um, when I first moved downtown, I lived on Broadway, and I knew nobody here and all I had was my camera and I would go out on random days and I would tell myself like, Savannah, you have to get out there, you have to like explore. My dad worked a lot so I was always by myself. And I remember walking down St. Mary's and I'm sorry, I was driving a sack to go to school and one day I saw a sign that said, wish you were here. And I was like, I love that. And it made me sad and emotional here. I was so emotional when I first moved here because I just remember my family. So I remember going and turning around, going back to the sign, taking a picture of my on my phone and sending it to my family group chat. And then I remember that day after school, I went home, got my camera, waited till it got light out. Cause it's like an LED sign, which I'm like obsessed with. I don't know if it's like my ADHD brain, but I'm obsessed with them. Um, and I remember getting my camera and I went downtown and I took a picture of every sign from the bars downtown. So I have a sign of the mix, um, midnight swim, rumble, uh, I had a picture of Burger Boy, just like that area right there in general. Um, now I work on St. Mary's, which is so crazy. And I got my first tattoo on St. Mary's at Eternal Courage. And I remember walking in there and I just knew I wanted my siblings names on my back. And he was having me pick a font and he wrote the names down to make sure he had the correct spelling, went in the back to find, um, like to print out the different fonts. And I just remember when he came out, I looked at the paper and I was like, I don't really like any of these, but I like your handwriting. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I really like your handwriting. So can we do that on my back? And he was like, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I don't know who this guy is. I want to go back there and figure out who he is, who did it, because I love the tattoo. It's in red ink. I've never got it touched up. It's one of my favorite tattoos. It hurt like a bitch, but um, yeah, it's all my siblings' names. 
and I gotta add blazer on there, but yeah, that those are my top three tattoos. So thank you for asking that. I love talking about my tattoos, but there's just a lot to talk about. So if there's any specific one you want to know about, please let me know. Um, do do do. That was a lot about my tattoos. I love talking about my tattoos. I love tattoos in general. They're just I haven't got one in a long time, but I should go back soon. I'm thinking of getting my neck tattooed, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> What's a random skill you want to learn before you die? Quick, I'm just going to say this, and it's going to sound dumb, but I want to be able to do a split. I used to be able to do a split in high school when I was a K-Net, but like, my body just can't figure it out anymore, and I definitely have been stretching more, but yeah, that's just, I'm sure there's something else like more like cool, but like right now, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I really, really want to be able to do a split again, like both ways, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to be flexible as hell. I also want to be able to do a handstand. There's like some yoga stuff that I want to be able to do. I think I need to get into that soon. Cause I feel like I tell myself like in a year, you can like be able to do that shit. You start today. You gotta go get yoga blocks or something. I don't know. Those probably seem so random, but yeah. <laughs> when you started your fitness journey, where did you start? Arms, back, legs. <sighs> Let's talk about this. <laughs> when I started my fitness journey, I didn't do anything but legs and that was fueled by a very huge insecurity of mine because I was told for a lot of my life that I look like a boy. Um, and I was super muscular. It was just my build. I have an athletic build and it was something I was super insecure about for a really long time. Like I felt like I didn't look like a girl. Um, and I felt like if I lifted weights, I would lose like a feminine side of me. I would just look muscular. My arms didn't fill out like other people's. Um, and I just, it's just something I really hated about myself. So. When I started my journey, just in general, even when I would start and I would stop and I start and I stop, and even when I went to my personal trainer, six months, no upper body, did I just I refused. Um, so yeah, everything was just legs, 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 legs. And now even I only do legs twice a week, <laughs> and everything I'm I prioritize upper body truly. I love doing upper body. I love where my body has, has how far it's come, and I love that it shows the work that I've put in. I've definitely become way more confident and secure in my body. Um, and if I can say anything, it's strong is beautiful, and strong is not just for men. And just because you look strong and you look cut and you look jacked as fuck, it doesn't mean that you look like a boy. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're manly, and it doesn't mean that you're less of anything. Um, if anything, you're fucking badass, you know what I'm saying? I love my body now, and it's so crazy to say that. It's so crazy to look at myself sometimes, and I fucking get emotional because I really really used to hate myself and I really used to um pride myself in literally not doing upper body because I just felt like that wasn't it so now I take very much a lot of pride in what I've built and how far I've come not just looks wise but confidence wise and just being secure in my body and how I look and actually being confident in it and yeah like, the fact that I look the way that I look and I'll go outside in a fucking tube top or I'm going to be outside in a fucking bikini and I'm excited about it, like, that is just such an amazing feeling. So, um, yeah, I've just come a really long way with that. So anyone who struggles with that, please understand that strong is beautiful in every kind of way possible. And the work that you put into your body, the way that it shows, is just something that you should be proud of. And anything anyone else has to say about that, it literally doesn't matter. Like I said yesterday, fuck them. Fuck them, fuck them, fuck them, because all that matters is how you feel about yourself. That's literally all that matters. Um, so filter that shit out. But yeah, I started with legs. <laughs> um, 
And I feel like the max you need to do legs a week is maybe two times, just depending on, you know, your workouts and your routine and stuff like that. But um, just, you know, depending on your split and how much you work out, just obviously always do what you're comfortable doing. Um, but even a lot of my clients, I'll start them with full body so they can get a kind of a feel of everything. And, you know, they're not just thrown into like a full arm day and full leg day. Like I'm going to be fucking Jack, you know, there's a way to do everything, but do what feels comfortable to you. But definitely implement every part of your body because every part of your body, like it, it all matters and it all goes together. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that question. I love that I got to talk about that because that was definitely something that I struggled with for a really long time and I overcame and I'm really super proud of myself for that. So yeah, I love seeing like now the fitness industry. I love that TikTok sound that's like, when did girls start getting jacked? Like, I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm a stan. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Diet tips to lose weight. I will say, just disclaimer, I'm not as um, knowledgeable in this area as I am when it comes to gaining weight, I will say. But the one thing I will tell you about, you know, losing weight and tips for dieting as far as your food is just discipline, 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 and eating in moderation. I think that's some, a mistake that a lot of people make is just feeling like you just can't eat at all and you need to cut out like all these, just you need to eat like fucking peanuts and drink water. Please don't do that. Like definitely make sure you're getting, you know, all the nutrients and stuff that you need. But eating in a calorie deficit, I highly recommend getting um, my fitness pal. You know, it'll ask you for your height, your current weight, what you want to be, um, and it'll get, guide you on how much protein you should be eating, um, how much calories you should be intaking in the day, and just making sure that it's, it's a lot of discipline, um, and just tracking everything that you're eating, and, um, you know, certain, you know, whatever meals that you're having, like I'm saying, just making sure that they're full meals, so that, you know, you're, you're getting, you're full, but you're also eating healthy, um, and just being able to leave room to enjoy the things that you want to enjoy as well, like I said, in moderation, but don't think that you need to cut out everything that you love just because you want to lose weight. Um, but yeah, just be very safe with it and don't feel like you need to starve yourself. That's never it. Um, and one main thing to focus on, I would always say, is definitely your protein intake. Make sure that you're consuming at least a pound per body fat. Um, I focus a lot more on my protein rather than I do my calories. Losing weight, obviously, is a lot different. But like I said, calorie deficit and get an app that can help you. Uh, um, I Oh, that was weird of me. Um, I know that it can be really annoying. It can be frustrating, and we can forget a lot of times. But try and get yourself to remember. I even struggle with it a lot. Um, I feel like once I got to the – like, I'm honestly struggling with eating right now in general. So I'm just doing what I can. But um, – yeah, calorie deficit, and definitely get an app. It helps a lot, and just eating in moderation and a lot of self-control for sure. Um, but allow yourself the cheat days and the cheat moments to eat the things that you still love, so you don't feel like you're like torturing yourself. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I don't want to say anything crazy because I I don't like to talk too much on things that I'm not like 1,000% knowledgeable about. But you know, there's just so much out there, and it's definitely something that I'm doing so much more research on myself. Um, but yeah, I know as being Hispanic as well, it's really fucking hard when you're trying to lose weight and just the foods that we admire and the things that we love to eat, which you still can, like I said, but just being very careful, especially like your rices, your pastas and, you know, the meat that you're eating and stuff like that, just portion control and, um, yeah, healthy eating is important. I will say I suck at it. I'm not going to lie to you though. But I know you're getting ready for a wedding. Congratulations. 
and hopefully I'll DM you. We can talk more about it. Um, but working out is such a huge part of it as well. Um, so just making sure you're getting in the gym as well. And even not even in the gym, just in general. You can even do workouts at home. You can walk outside. You can run. Um, it's going to start getting hot outside. Running is horrible, but, you know, it's admirable if you can do it, especially in the morning. Um, yeah, and I can help you with stuff like that as well because that's going to really be a, a huge factor to it. Um, let's see. Did I answer all of these? I feel like I did. Besides, what motivates you to stay so fit? Um, and I feel like that goes along with the last thing that I was talking about, which is just um, honestly just how far I've come and just knowing that I owe it to myself. Uh, and it's fun to me. Like, working out is definitely a passion for me. Um, I was an athlete my whole entire life, so just being able to step back into something that I know um, and also still learning so much about about it, but, like, loving it and it being fun and not feeling like work and not feeling like, um, you know, I have to prove myself in any kind of way and not feeling like anxiety or this worry, like I don't I know what I'm doing. Um, it's really been motivating for me. And it's just been fun for me. So it's easy for me to continue to do something when it's fun. Um, but I also just love seeing the results. Like, I'm literally addicted to it. So it's pretty cool. And it's it's interesting. Obviously, you know, I don't see results all the time because results don't always, they're not always physical. A lot of times it can be mental. It can be cardiovascular. It can be a lot of stuff like that. So um, just I like seeing myself progress in every kind of way. I don't always rely on it to be in the mirror. Um, but I like to pay attention to the other ways that my body and my mind grow just from being physical. Um, and just from staying fit. So that's what motivates me to keep going. And also just the fact that, you know, there's some unhealthy trends in my family and just in my, you know, family tree and stuff like that that I pay a lot of attention to. So I just want to be able to put myself in a position now that when I get older, I can be in control of, of these things and, and they're not in control of me. Um, and just doing as much as I possibly can for my body while I can. Um, yeah, that's something I pay a lot of attention to now and just trying to stay as healthy as possible while still, like, enjoying myself. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, for myself, for my future kids, my family and stuff like that, just to be able to be a role model in that asset or just, you know, obviously, like, all I can do is control myself, so just taking care of myself and trying to avoid certain things and, you know, health conditions and, and et cetera, that's um, a lot of a motivation for me as well. Uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for all these questions. It's really cool to be able to sit and talk um, and just obviously give you guys a chance to ask me things that I am horrible about, like, responding to my DMs, but it's really fun to talk about. Um, one other thing I wanted to touch on, Ms. Jazz uh, sent me a question, and it was, I'm sorry, I didn't write this one down, but if we can touch on just talking about coming into your feminine energy, and that's something I really want to talk about because it's something I just talk to my therapist about. It's something that I really have been able to work through a lot better recently. And um, how can I, I want to put this. Um, on Carla, uh, I think it was like a week or two ago, I was on Carla's podcast, Fully Authentic Podcast. If you guys haven't listened, please check it out. You can go on my podcast page at Sincerely Your Mental Health. Um, and I believe you can find the link there. You can go on her page, um, Fully Authentic Podcast. And um, you can find the podcast there. It was really a lot of fun. Um, it was my first time ever being on someone else's podcast. I will say I was super nervous about it. Um, and one of the things I actually listened back, like before I get into this feminine energy talk, um, one of the things I really struggled with or noticed about myself. So 
I feel like a lot of times I do a lot of things that scare me, but I put myself in those positions because if I can learn something about myself to better myself, that really um, is what I do it for. So I went on the podcast. It was a lot of fun. I really wanted to do it. And um, I knew that listening back to it would be hard for me because a lot of times when I don't have control over certain stuff, like I'm not controlling the audio, I'm not controlling the flow of everything, um, I get super insecure because talking is one of my biggest insecurities. I think I say this all the time. I've talked about it in therapy. It's just very hard for me because I feel like I'm talking too much. I feel like I'm talking too fast. And when I'm nervous, and not on my own podcast, I feel like you can know the difference, but on her podcast, I say like a lot. A lot. Even on the, I was on Dr. Tubio's YouTube video and I say like a lot. And it's just like a, I don't know if I can call it a coping mechanism, but when I'm nervous or I have anxiety or stuff like that, um, I say that a lot. And I feel like it's just because I'm, I'm second guessing the things that I'm saying. Um, and it's, I listened to it and I was like, oh my God, Sabrina, so shut up. <laughs> um, but I was also happy with it because I was like, okay, cool. I can notice that about myself. I see when I get nervous, this is kind of what happens and how can I move forward and eliminate this from my vocabulary and not get, let it get to me. And I was happy because three years ago, Savannah, probably that would have been like my fucking 13th reason. Like I would have been like, oh my God, people are probably talking about me. They hate me. They don't want to listen to me. They think I'm annoying. Um, and I kind of just listened to it and I was like, wow, I said like a lot. <laughs> That's annoying. Um, but you know, it is what it is. And I can move forward and just figure out things, ways that I can practice to to fix that, you know, from furthermore in the future, being on other people's podcasts or just talking to people in general, um, how can I, like what, what's a way that I can practice to eliminate that word or eliminate that from happening? Um, but then I got so many messages about from people just, you know, how they loved it and they thanked me for just being so open and just that and they're like, no one said anything about that. And it's not that no one was thinking it or this kind of third, but I'm not thinking about that, you know? For a quick second I did, but you know, I combated that thought pretty quickly with, whatever like it's fine like it's not a big deal um but yeah anyways we talked about oh sorry I got off track there but we talked about stepping into your feminine energy um and this is something that I I'm so sorry if my mic is was far away I just realized it was like kind of far away from me so if you can hear me but um one of the things we talked about that was a lot of fun was stepping into your feminine energy and I believe that I described it on her podcast as like the thing that I learned about my the biggest thing that I learned about myself on my healing journey and um you know I explained how I grew up in under a lot of masculine energy and I was a lot more in tune with my masculine energy um which I feel like I got from my dad and you know my mom was <laughs> Not like my parents weren't super strict growing up, but you know, obviously they had their rules and stuff like that. They showed us a lot of trust. So I never ever felt like I needed to go against my parents. I never lied to my parents, anything like that. But we did growing up in a household that you ha we had certain expectations to have certain things. And it was, you know, high expectations when it came to my dad, especially like sports and school wise. Um, and I will say my dad was definitely a lot harder on me than most dads probably are on their daughters. And he admits it, he says it. He's said it frequently um, a lot of times. I still have messages and screenshots of him just literally saying just that, that he allowed me to go through things that a lot of other dads wouldn't, um, just for the fact that he wanted me to grow in certain ways. Um, and I felt like at that time, there's a lot of times where I would look at it and I would say that I'm definitely grateful for it. And it's made me the person that I am today. And I think it's definitely set me apart from a lot of people. But there was definitely times growing up where I needed um, to be loved a little bit softer. Um, and I needed to be shown certain things because it 
made it really hard for me going into a relationship, not being in tune with my feminine energy, being more in tune with my uh, masculine energy because I felt like I let a lot of things slide, one, but then two, I really didn't know how I was supposed to be treated. Um, and I think a lot of times we step into relationships that represent um, one of our parents or both of our parents and we try to change the narrative or you know, kind of fix something as much as possible because it's really what we're used to. Um, and it's not any negative, it's just this is something that I've really learned about how I was raised, how it affects you, and how these two sides of us really matter. And especially as being a female, being more in touch with their masculine energy can get really tough, especially being in a relationship. Because, you know, for me, essentially, I was never really a girly girl growing up. I played a lot of sports. I had older brothers. A lot of my friends were are guys. It just, the things that I liked were more masculine. <laughs> um, but like, it's just all the things that my dad kind of put me in. I played baseball before I played softball. I played f baseball on like a team way older than me, soccer way older than me. I played varsity sports as freshman. Like I just always was able to keep up and I was always with the boys. So it's something that I was a lot more in tune with. So stepping into a relationship, you know, I wasn't the, oh, get me flowers girl. And, you know, I never really, uh, knew what it was like for someone to make me feel beautiful or to have certain things that, you know, I guess as a female, it's still like cringe for me to talk about and I still get super uncomfortable talking about it, which is like really, it sucks and I have to like work through it. But um, yeah, it's something that I really learned that I really need. And that's why I say, you know, when I said earlier, what do I do on the days that I'm mentally struggling? I really show myself a lot of self-love because I show myself the things that I wasn't ever shown before. To one, show myself that I deserve it, um, two, to get more comfortable and familiar with it, and three, because people are going to treat us how we teach them to treat us. Um, so the fact that I knew no better and knew nothing other than basically being like in touch with that masculine energy, um, it made it really hard for me. So I feel like getting in tune with your feminine energy really starts with yourself, and it really starts with showing yourself all that self-love and all that self-care that you need in order to show someone what, you know, like, this is how I deserve to be treated. This is how I treat myself. And um, I think it's amazing to still be in tune with that masculine energy. Like, it's definitely something we talked about and just being like an alpha female and having that drive. Like I said, I absolutely am um, super grateful for the way that I was raised, even though I've lacked in other areas um, as an adult. You know, I always say, um, as a parent, you can do the best that you can. Your best might not always be enough. Um, but as adults, you know, we can't change how we were raised, but we can do the best that we can as we've got, as we grow to take responsibility for certain things and just to try and, um, learn as much as we can about ourselves and how we can heal certain things and change certain things and grow, et cetera. So, you know, I was really, I'm really grateful for the way that I was raised. Even sometimes it was very, very hard and sometimes certain things felt very neglectful and felt like I, I don't feel like I know how to be loved softly and so I've had to love myself that way for a while now and I think it's a why I've spent a lot of time by myself and I'm super picky with um, you know people and I know I'm going to be super picky when it comes to you know getting into a relationship and dating because I've worked so hard to to get in tune with that and as a woman when you get in tune with that I feel like you definitely get this confidence you get this kind of glow um but you get that kind of mentality where it's like, I've worked for this, but then also like, <sighs> you just, when you have, when you flip that switch and you know what you deserve, you just get very protective over yourself. 
Um, and I wish that's something that I always had, but I just didn't. But I've, I've loved learning it along the way, and I've loved getting in touch with it along the way, along the journey. So that's why I say it's, it's still not something that's easy for me to talk about. Thank you, Jazz, for bringing it up, because I think it's something that a lot of people need to hear. And I know I'm not the only person that's gone through it, um, but I also don't talk a lot about the way that I was raised. I don't talk a lot about um, my parents. I don't talk a lot about my dad, because um, it's something that I'm still really, really working through. But getting in touch with my feminine energy has been such a big part of my healing journey. It's been a beautiful, amazing thing. It's been a lot of fun, and it's really allowed me to get more in touch with myself and more trusting with myself, the way that I'm able to treat myself and put myself first now. Um, but yeah, that was a lot for me. This is something that is, it is kind of hard for me to talk about because I feel like it's hard for me to talk about um, in general, just things I went through growing up, but also my relationship now with my parents, um, especially learning these kinds of things and just realizing kind of how growing up with that in that masculine energy and just raise kind of um, the way that I was, not as, you know, soft as a, you know, a little girl would like to be, or even as I grew up in my adult, you know, hood, you know, you want your parents to be there for you in a certain way, um, and you don't always get that, and sometimes it can be very detrimental, and a lot of times I look at situations, and I believe, and I tell myself that people have it worse, you know, some people don't have dads, um, some people, you know, lost, you know, don't have a relationship with their father, at all, they never met him, and you know, I used to tell myself that you grew up with a dad, so you don't have it as bad just because you don't have that relationship now. But um, that's something that I've been trying to work through, and it's definitely something that makes it hard for me now because I had to kind of lose that to look back and see how certain things affected me, why they affected me, um, and the more that I got in tune with my feminine energy, the more I was able to see those situations for what they were. Um, and it definitely hurts. It's definitely something I'm going through now where you, you lose certain people and you lose relationships with people um, and you realize certain things that you went through that hurt you a lot more than you know because I think sometimes as a trauma response, things happen to us and we just completely blow them off because we don't want to think about them and we don't want to see how they've affected us or we don't believe that people can treat us this way because they're family or they're really close friends or I mean family in general that's really what I'm getting at here um, they can still be bad for you that's going to be my main message here it doesn't matter who someone is they can still not be good for you um, and sometimes it is really hard to sit back and look at our lives and our childhood and just lay everything out and really try and learn how Every little thing has affected us and made us who we are today. And this is something that I'm really in tune with. And I know that a lot of people aren't. And I know that it scares a lot of people. But the kind of person that I am today, I know that I need to dig deep into absolutely everything in order to be the best that I can be for myself and for my future kids. Because like I said earlier, I believe that parents do their best, but your best always isn't enough. And for me, when I get to the position where I am going to be a parent, um, I need my best to be more than enough for my kids. And I know that as a parent, I'm not always going to be perfect. And as a child, they're going to grow up and they're going to be things that they have to heal from um, because of me as a parent. And I want to be able to be there for them when they're, when, they're, when they're going through that as well. And I want to be able to learn about myself through them as well, which I didn't have. Um, 
so I, even though it's scary, I'm the kind of person now that digs into all those things. My, I mean, my childhood, early adulthood, just everything and how certain things have affected me um, and just how my, my life has changed and evolved with times and relationships with certain people. Um, but yeah, I believe that growing up in my masculine energy was definitely hard in a lot of senses, but I'm happy that I'm in tune with it and I'm happy that I had to learn my feminine energy because even though I felt like sometimes it set me behind and I dealt with things I shouldn't have dealt with for a very long time, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for that. So I'm very grateful for every chapter of my life. I'm very grateful for every kind of piece of the puzzle in my life that has led me to who I am right this second. Um, and I love my journey. I love everything about it, even the hardest parts, because it makes me unique to who I am. And with that, I just want to say because I touched on this a little bit, please don't downplay your journey. Please don't downplay the things that have happened to you just because you think other people have had it worse. And they may have, but that doesn't mean that what you went through is invalid um, and it doesn't hurt. Don't ever tell yourself that other people have it worse because, like I said, even though they may, it doesn't mean that you don't have a, your journey doesn't have a meaning. Um, that's something I have to tell myself often because downplaying our feelings often leads to just a more detrimental domino effect and it's unhealthy and we're invalidating our feelings, we're invalidating the things that happen to us. Um, and if that goes too far, it's just a lot more we have to work through. So, you know, if you have a story to tell, tell it. If you've been through things, they're valid. Um, and it's okay if it hurts because things hurt and we have to feel through them. We have to work through them. It's our responsibility as adults. Um, so, you know, I don't ever feel bad for myself. I don't ever look at my life and feel like nothing happened. Anything didn't happen for a reason. I don't wish that I grew up differently. I don't wish that things were different. I mean, sometimes I do. You know, I sat in therapy this past week and this is something it's, I'm very open about. Um, and progressively, you know, I feel like I'll talk more about my parents and the way that you know, certain things played out for me in adulthood and especially moving to Texas, but um, we talked a lot about grieving people who are still here. Like right now, I feel like I'm definitely grieving my dad and not having a relationship with him like we used to have, um, not really having a relationship at all. And it's very, very hard. It's very, it's just a very up and down battle. Um, especially when it comes to a parent. And having to be mature enough to coexist with someone, especially for the sake of my brother, and just myself and my mental sanity, even though you know someone is not good for you, um, it's really rough. And I, like I said, I used to invalidate it because I felt like people had it worse, but it doesn't make my situation any less than what it is. And I've had to grow a lot as a person to be able to understand the dynamic of my life <laughs> and my relationship with my parents. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's just a whole other podcast I would love to talk about, but I feel like there's still thoughts and stuff that I'm navigating when it comes to that. But I, I know I'm not the only one who goes through it, so I just want to say, whether it's your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, if someone is not good for you, it doesn't matter if they're blood. It doesn't matter who they are. You don't have to deal with it. Set your boundaries, and people don't respect your boundaries. They're just not meant to be around, and I know that it hurts, and it's not fun. It's not pleasant. It's nothing close to that, but 
put yourself first and prioritize your peace over making, you know, providing a comfortable space for someone else to live in when they're not providing that for you. So, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening, if you did, all the way through. This, like I said, is always just such a good outlet for me, and it always feels really good after, and I love that I'm able to have a space where I can be as raw and authentic as possible, and you guys accept me for that. Like I said, I sometimes don't like to talk about things that I haven't fully processed or like solved yet within myself or healed, I guess, but a lot of times when I get on here, even if I subtly just get into it, I can kind of walk away and finish the thought and finish the process and just finish the healing work with myself and then come back and we can talk about it again, which I really, really love. Um, so yeah, thank you guys so much for all the questions. Thank you guys so much for just listening and being here with me. And, you know, if anything I said resonated with you or, can, or you know, you just for a moment didn't feel alone, please message me. Let's talk about it. Um, but if not, and you want to keep it to yourself, I love you, and I'm so grateful for you, and everything's going to be okay. And if you need a sign, this is your sign. Please keep going. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you guys on my next episode. Bye.